What's up, Soul Warriors? Welcome to this Saturday Night Soul Session live with me, Reverend LC, and we got Mike with the Sober Press tonight. It's going to be an amazing show. We've already been talking a little bit backstage about the stigma, how it's created, how our stories matter, and how they help to change and to change that negative stigma and also how we begin to make the conversation around addiction more normalized. So we've already almost had a show backstage, so I'm grateful and honored to be here sharing it with all of you live tonight. We've got some amazing people in the house already. Pamela Topjian, Kim Bellas from Sober is the New Cool, and there are so many others of you. We're live everywhere, YouTube, Facebook on Lona Curry. We're live on Recovery Revolution. Thanks, everybody who's watching this now with us and everybody that will watch this on the replay. I'm so grateful for you. This this season four has been one of the most amazing seasons of this entire mission. And I look forward to season six, but I still got a few more shows for season four. And Mike is so amazing and he's so ready to come on and share his hope his his wisdom and we're just going to have an amazing organic conversation so i'm grateful that you're here stick around to the end you're going to get to get an amazing offer from breakthrough hypnotherapy with our good friend pamela top Jim, but you got to watch to the end for that and in the meantime while you are doing your holiday shopping don't forget to pick up a copy of pamela top Jim's book i didn't come this far to only come this far and also remember that she has amazing original art journals and different things there on Amazon. So go to Amazon, type in Pamela Topjian and make sure you get this book. It's very inspirational. It will make a great gift for someone else and for you. And hey, while you're doing your shopping, head over to soberisthenewcool.ca and pick up some sober swag. What's a better way to make somebody in your family or somebody who's struggling feel seen and heard? Buy them some swag for Christmas, right? That's sober is the new cool.ca. I don't have a banner because I didn't know I was going to wear this shirt tonight, but I just thought of the beautiful Kim Bellis and I just had to put it on. So make sure you pick that up. Oh, I love you guys so much. I'm so excited and ready to get into this Saturday night soul session. Hey, don't forget, you can support our podcast as well by going to uh, 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 anchor.fm forward slash recovery soul food press the support button you can help us keep going keep growing follow us on all of our social medias like share subscribe do all the stuff thank you i love you if y'all are ready to get into this saturday night soul session live with me lc and mike with the sober press then let's go What's up, Mike? Welcome, 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 man. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm seeing so many uh, familiar faces already. Outstanding. Outstanding. Jim, I didn't wear your shirt. <laughs> Please forgive me. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. It isn't Kim Bellis amazing at Sober is the new cool man. We should have coordinated, I guess, before this, shouldn't we have? <laughs> we should have. You know, Kim, you're she's she's an absolute angel. She is. She is just amazing. Is it the amazing part of this whole recovery process? The people that you get to meet, man. Yeah. Like, uh, there's so many amazing souls just out here healing and uh, it goes way past what we were talking about before, you know, the stigma of addiction is, you know, when you think of the whole stigma of addiction and the criminalization of addiction, you think of, you don't think of beautiful people. You don't think of beautiful and amazing and talented human beings. You, 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 but this is what it is. Like, this is who we are. And yeah. so, you know, uh, Thank you for being here, man. I appreciate you. So I guess start us off with telling us a little bit about you, how your recovery journey started, you know, where you are, who you are, and and then let's talk about the mission. Man. Yeah. So uh, my name is Mike. I'm an alcoholic, uh, hey, drug Mike. addict. Um, my background, I've moved quite a bit as a kid, had a normal childhood, great, great supportive parents even supportive when I did uh, first get sober once and then, uh, you know, um, I had to go back and do it all over again. Um, but, you know, was raised in the typical suburban type, you know, environment. Um, I was, you know, always into art and uh, they supported me there too, even though dad was pretty conservative. He really wanted me to, you know, um, kind of pursue more of a conservative career, but they supported me. Uh, I got my degree and uh, in art history and graphic design. And then I moved on to a um, it's it's kind of the, the master's equivalent in the advertising industry art school. I went on to Portfolio Center and uh, graduated and, and actually moved to Portland, Oregon. And that's where it all started. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> it was it was sort of a uh, I lived at home through college and pretty much, you know, um, did really well um, because high school for me was awful, awful, awful. I almost flunked out. And then, you know, when I went into college, um, I sort of found my way, you know, and I got really enthusiastic. I felt challenged. Um, I became really close friends with a lot of my professors. In fact, we would even go hang out after school and do things, you know, which was kind of unreal. It was sort of amazing that they actually, you know, wanted to do that. Um, so I had a really good rapport and I actually did super well in college. You know, in fact, <laughs> I would make Dean's list and president's list and, you know, mom, dad, they'd come home, you know, I'd come home and they're holding my grades and going, are you cheating? What's going on? I don't understand what you're doing. And I'm like, well, I actually like school, you know, this is fun. Right. Um, but, you know, there was a bit of trepidation of me actually going into uh, trade school. 
because uh, they felt like that was going to undermine the degree that I was getting, but it mm. was actually more of a supplement. They didn't understand that. So I did it anyway uh, behind their back. And those two quarters overlapped. I worked my ass off. I had two jobs. I had both schools that I was going to for that quarter. Um, and then day of graduation from college, I had to fess up because they wanted to <laughs> take me out to dinner and the whole thing. And I'm in the car sheepishly saying, well, um, I had enrolled behind your back at Portfolio Center and <laughs> I, it's critique week. <laughs> and I have all this stuff to so I was pulling all-nighters and I was working my ass off. So, you know, none of that was a surprise when, you know, I moved to Portland. I'm surrounded by a completely new world. Um, the weather was so different. Um, you know, when, when you're growing up in Atlanta, you're used mm. to the sun, you're used to mild temperature. Portland, it was always gray, 40 degrees in a mist of rain, uh, but, you know, when I interviewed up there, uh, they were experiencing uh, just overseason. Uh, summer, it bled into fall. In October, the, the leaves changed. Sky was just this beautiful blue. Wow. It was gorgeous. The sun was out. I had no idea that that was an Indian summer. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was hooked. But when I actually, like, took the job and moved there, in december it was absolute misery yeah. and i remember like when i finally landed in portland taking the red eye through reno Jeez. <laughs> i landed in the hotel around four or five in the morning and it was such a disgusting hotel it was so bad i slept on top of the covers and i just <laughs> i just cried because i i was like clear on the other end of the United States in this place that I had no idea about, you know, and it, the weather was awful. And I was also being thrown into a very challenging job. So, you know, it was it was uh, this confluence of things happening. And, you know, I got introduced to really good weed there. And you know, lots of parties. I was, you know, 25 when I first moved there or 26. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, I was thrown into a job where, you know, normal people, um, you know, would have to work their way up to it. And uh, so anyway, it, you know, I was I was a little young for for this kind of a job. <laughs> But I did it anyway. And uh, just, you know, uh, that's when, you know, the self-medication began. Um, mm. And, you know, at first it was just sporadic partying because I had a bunch of friends there from school already. Um, so that was good. You know, I had a built-in network. But, you know, the stakes were high. Um, I was the only art director at this advertising agency and they were very small. So everything I did was visible. So there's a lot of pressure and, you know, we grew, we got bigger, you know, 
Um, but, you know, as time went on, I was, you know, really hitting it hard. Um, having lunch at, you know, and having beers and doing shots and, you know, it was all going out in the fire escape and smoking out, you know, it was, it was, I just learned that it was socially acceptable within the advertising industry mm. to do that. And in fact, they would, they would even go out of their way to make it wow. you know, available. I mean, I've worked on beer accounts. You walk in the door and there were kegs on top, on tap automatically right there. So you can roll in early in the morning and pour yourself a pint, which we did. And wow. uh, it was fine. No one, no one said anything. So, you know, it became the sort of normal thing, but I was using it as a way to cope. That was my mm -hmm. mechanism, you know, having all that pressure, uh, put upon me uh, all at once at such a young age, that was my way of coping. And then later, you know, putting in ungodly hours, um, I averaged, you know, 80 hours a week. Jeez. Uh, which was, you know, ridiculous. So, you know, that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, had you experienced depression before in your life anytime? Like maybe like I anywhere had, in the high school? Wow. I hadn't. Um, but it was definitely, um, you know, seasonal affective disorder is something mm -hmm. that I had to watch out for. Uh, I still see a counselor i still take Me medication too. for that um you know i'm totally open and transparent about all that yeah, because yeah. you know when you look at it your mental health is really sort of the root cause yeah. of a lot of coping absolutely uh and using you know it's absolutely automatically a coping mechanism absolutely so actually be um you know, issues that arise and people use it, you know, use yeah. ever to self-medicate to get true. Them. And at 25, you know, that's a very, that age of 25 starts what's called our second stage in life. And this is where a lot of addictions and, and, and mental health disorders really set in and they become, you know, it's like people say, well, I, I was never addicted or I, I could use, you know, binge use all the way up. And then all of a sudden it, it just set in on me. And, and, and just through studying different things, I found out that 25 is that age. So you like actually walked in at the time and the perfect storm, you know, depression, the crowd, everything just came in and hit that wire. Cause you and I were talking about how we're wired differently and it just happened to hit that wire at that time and now you know it's solidified almost yeah that's very true and um you know i i also f feel like there were there were issues deep down even beyond uh the depression that mm. that hit me and, and a lot of insecurities mm -hmm. that came along like um anxiety yeah was yeah. huge you know, not feeling like I was good enough. Mm. Um, There's the big one. And, good enough. and yeah, it's, it's enormous because, you know, all through school, I was able to get, 
the validation that I needed to keep afloat and mm. peers. And, you know, suddenly I'm in an industry where everybody's seen it, they've done it, you know, and they're numb to it. So it, it, it was, it was like uh, performance anxiety constant, mm. you know, so getting up and doing a presentation was like enormous, uh, like facing anxiety, you know, and yeah. I would always walk away. Was I, was I okay? Did I do Obsess. well? Yeah. Know, it was like, and that too, you know, um, I, I noticed that, you know, I would internalize so much mm. and I've talked about this before that there was this negative self-talk that would come into play and I would continue to internalize it. And, and then I recall it's like, as a child, I, I would do that too. You know, it was, wow. it was weird because I was always like sort of, you know, the clown as a kid, you know, looking for validation and, and being stupid and funny. But, you know, I wasn't getting that, you know, because suddenly it was like, I'm out of school. Everybody's been there, done that. <laughs> done it all and you know i'm i'm working with with you know warriors and i was expected to step up and act and be like one you know wow. and wow. when you have a low self-esteem after all that um it becomes more and more of an uphill battle for sure so, yeah um there was a lot of things that i was dealing with and and yeah for sure i love that you're sharing this story because and here's why because i i we're so used to hearing like these very trauma filled childhood stories. And sometimes it comes to this place where some people will think, Oh, well, well, my problems aren't that bad, or I didn't have that kind of childhood and they won't share that. And I think it's so important for us to hear a story like yours and even like Kim Kim's, you know, a different type of story that says, we're all suffering in different ways and that that this is a coping mechanism that this becomes like a self-medication and the same you know words and that self-talk that's happening with you know is happening within a, a, almost all of us i i'd say there's there's mostly a, all of us if we haven't had the negative self-talk then we're overcoming it because some people may say well i don't have that now well that's maybe because you've worked hard to overcome it but somewhere along the way yeah. This has been a part of our lives as a human species. So I, I thank you for sharing your story and, you know, and, and being willing to, to talk to us in, in such great transparency and detail about it. I, I appreciate that. I think it's so helpful. So yeah, helpful. no, I, and definitely I'm a huge advocate for, I think, you know, realizing some of the things that, you know, create that itch you know what is it what what is it deep down that um makes you want to use what what yeah. is it that makes you and i think really ultimately it's it's the very thing that you need to face that makes you feel uncomfortable yeah you know yeah and that's fine you know you may not be great at it but that self-love that self-respect that self-talk all that stuff can actually like get you over the home yeah you know, yeah give you the confidence because I, I never never had that kind of confidence before you know it it took not not only quitting but also you know a lot of therapy 
and knowing that, you know, um, I am fine, you know, I'm good enough. It's, it's, it's self-love. And a lot of times when, um, I do interact with some people that are still in the throes of addiction, they haven't found that yet. Right. You know? Right. And it's because they're still in a cloud. Yes. Um, they haven't gotten that sort of, um, clarity and mm -hmm. it does come, you know, and it takes time. It takes effort and you got to want it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought that I could, and this is me being very green in early recovery. I'm still early in recovery. Honestly, my, my, you know, I'm, uh, three and six or seven, eight months clean now, but nice. you know, I, I don't think by any means we're going to wake up an expert. I think yeah. that's, that's the moment you die. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, sure. if you're open, you're always learning and you're always going to improve. Yes. But you know, I have interacted with people who are still in the throes of addiction and early on, you know, I think, Oh, maybe I can make a difference. Well, you're exactly wrong. <laughs> you can't. It it they have to make a difference. Yeah. You can you can, you know, put the tools out there, you can give them encouragement, you can give them support, you can give yep. them all of that, but it's ultimately their decision. It's absolutely gonna be, it's not going to uh, I've heard this quote before. It's not going to be family. It's not going to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's not going to be parents. It's not going to be the dog. It's going to be them. Yeah, that's yeah, what it boils sure. down to. It's got to be that for sure that resolve in that um, solidified decision. Yeah, to actually come out. Yeah, and yeah for get sure. Better. Yeah, I mean, and you can find something that may open the door a little bit for you, but there's something in you, man, that has got to, you've got to see like a ray of hope. You know, one of the things that, that when I was reading through your bio, hope is my favorite word because it's it's when we're in those throes of addiction that we feel hopeless. That's what keeps us going you know, keeps us going back to that every day. I'm, I'm hopeless to be able to be one of those cats in recovery. It's just not for me. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm too far gone. But there becomes this time when I don't know, the clouds just separate just a little bit and you see this ray of hope. And usually it comes at the end of, I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I can't do this shit anymore. Then it's like you kind of open the clouds a little bit and let yeah. that ray of hope in. And, and it just takes a little. So, yeah, you little. know, for me, fast forward to being recruited to work in Austin at this big, you know, enormous agency owned by a holding company that's worldwide. Mm. Stakes got even higher. I bet. The work Oof. was ridiculous. Um, the responsibility was ridiculous. You know, it was, it, it you know, it was. <clears throat> it really came down to um, me just being completely like unplugged. I was unplugged from myself. I didn't even know what really what home was, who I was. 
all I knew is I had a job to do and I was a monster about it. And that monster was get the job done, be prepared and have every detail sewn up so you can go drink. Mm. That was the monster <clears throat> and that took over. And honestly, you know, I was sent all over the world to work. I was traveling constantly. Um, I tried to have dogs, um, which I did, you know, they were almost always at the kennel, unfortunately, but, um, you know, that took over and I realized, well, <clears throat> something's going to have to give because at some point that was going to be a rock bottom. What's going to, what's going to give more and mm. the booze one. Yeah. That's what really sort of took me down. Mm. And uh, so I went into rehab the first time and did the whole recovery thing. And I, I remained clean for, you know, <clears throat> about a year, I'm guessing. Um, but I stopped working for it. And guess what? Work took <laughs> over again. You mm. know, I stopped. I stopped seeing a sponsor. I stopped going to meetings. You got to do the work. Yeah. And yeah. so fast forward to my second time, rock bottom was way worse. Um, I was literally not at a point where I could even take care of myself, much less my dogs wow. or even work for that matter. So that's, that's how heavy, you know, that rock bottom led me. And I didn't show to work. Uh, I went from calling in sick all the time to just saying, fuck it. I'm not yeah, even going to yep. show up. And I was, I was really sort of, um, egregious about it. You know, it's like they owe me and I had <laughs> this huge resentment and chip in my chip on my shoulder about it. You know, I would miss client presentations where I had to present work, mm. you know, I, I was just done. I was done. And, uh, I went to, you know, detox, I went to rehab and continued to work. And finally, you know, I had uh, a social worker, uh, at rehab, my counselor at rehab, my counselor, uh, general practitioner all said, in, in a, this resonance that was like, you know, I, I, I just, I was like, that's it. That's exactly it. They're telling me you have to quit your job. It's mm. going to take over again and mm. you're gonna start drinking again. And, uh, you know, I had a sponsor at the time. I still have him. And, you know, uh, he was all like, no, no, no big life changes. <laughs> but I quit my job and I quit at a time where, you know, um, <clears throat> I was like done. I, you know, gave my two weeks notice, you know, and I sat at my desk and I built my website while I was at work collecting a paycheck because they no longer invited me to meetings. I was, <laughs> my assignments were done. <laughs> and I was, I was making my exit before you knew it. I was doing the old exit interview and this and that. And, um, you know, I was 
close friends with people that were really, really high up in the company, including the CEO and, and chief creative officer and people like that. And they knew that um, I was done, you know, and yeah. it was so weird. It was like, wow, I didn't get fired, but I got spit out, you know, spit out like and it, it felt great. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, felt great. I love great. that. <laughs> it felt great. Uh, I had survived numerous layoffs, and it was wow. because I was always the first one in and the last to leave, and I always got the job done, and always, you know, made the client happy. But mm. I wasn't. I wasn't. Mm. Mm. So anyway, it, it paid off. Um, I struck out on my own as a freelancer, and then COVID hit. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was maybe nine months or more. I can't remember. It was in, I can't remember. It was around maybe a year around April. So it was close to a year uh, and COVID hit and I had no idea what I was going to do. Wow. You know, yeah. uh, meetings went away. People were wearing masks. That meant smiles went away. Yeah. You know. What am I going to do to survive? Mm. You know, uh, I felt myself like having to be isolated once again. And, you know, we in addiction will isolate ourselves. In oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, That's the, very nature of it. the very last part of hitting rock bottom. We're yeah. completely alone. Um, and in some cases, you know, it's because we alienated everybody around us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so suddenly I'm like, that's it. But, you know, um, I had this idea that, you know, I was already on Instagram, but I had this idea of, of doing a website featuring stories. And that was sort of just the kernel was somehow, you know, maybe if i put stories out there it'll be this thing that people can go to and begin to um, you know know that they're not alone and that you know there, there's a lot of different walks of life that do recover um and everybody's welcome no matter what you know there was going to be this sort of feeling that there's no judgment whatsoever and it sort sort of began to culminate into that was the mission you know where anybody can go and get inspired mm -hmm. and i was already you know kind of designing stuff and playing around with quotes and doing type treatments and having fun you know i'm like gosh you know i can do this and um i even put like a presentation together you know to show it off and, and say, well, what do you think? And awesome. there was somebody I was dating at the time that um, she's like, well, you know, you should start an Instagram. And I was like, wow, okay. So I, I did that. And then uh, I was simultaneously building a website because I had nothing to do. You know, I didn't yeah. have assignments and, and um, the stuff that I was working on, I was, doing it for free practically. So, you know, uh, I had already 
said, you know, I'm allotting this amount of money for the whole year. If I don't work great, so be it. And, you know, it worked out. It was great. You know, I was lucky to have been able to have that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think uh, it was August or September is in August 2020 is when I launched uh, Sober Press on Instagram. And the mission there was just to throw out something in one thing inspiring a day. But that turned into two, turned into three, you know. I find myself posting even up to four a day. Wow. You're so dedicated. <laughs> Which is fun. I I, yeah. Well, I you know, conversely, you know, I I have to earn a living, so I can't be doing this all day long. So, you know, I actually try to balance my time. And there are days that I, I do miss uh, posting. Well, I think though it's amazing to get those little things, you know, to get those little nuggets whenever you're you're there, and, and no matter what, because because the the way just the way the universe works is oftentimes when we're in that space where you know whatever it is we're needing kind of shows up, and a lot of times it shows up in something like that. You're scrolling, you don't even have a clue what you're looking for. You're feeling a certain way, and then all of a sudden you scroll past something that just goes, oh. That's what I needed to hear. That's the thing that, you know, we'll, we'll just, cause you just need a little push over the hump or you just need to be reminded of who you are and, yeah. and where your power is. And, you know, I, I found those things completely helpful. And, you know, when I am to post a lot, it, it's also rewarding, you know, for, for the poster to share something that, maybe touch them that day. So it's like our energies are connecting all over the world in some way, shape or form. It's, it's humanity at its finest, at its finest. Yes, sir. I love it. So, um, you kind of led me to the, the why, and I didn't really discover it really. Uh, it was just by chance and it was a serendipitous sort of thing, you know, it's like this, beautiful reward of discovering this amazing community. I mean, there are incredible people out there <laughs> <Yeah>. on Instagram <laughs> there and they're are. fucking inspiring as hell. Yes. Yes. And you know, it, that served as rocket fuel. And these were the things that really sort of, you know, opened up and that was the key was getting more and more involved in that community. And before I knew it, you know, I was actually getting inquiries for stories. Uh, for instance, there's a, a lady by the name of Eliza. Uh, she was the very first one. And it was an amazing story. She's a writer, a librarian, you know, um, really, really in tune to what she's doing. And, and uh, that was also a gift. So suddenly I started getting this momentous, you know, uh, endeavor going. And, um, then I was posting frequently like one a week, but I felt like, um, maybe that short changing everybody, I should allow like more time for one to absorb the story itself. So now I'm, I'm pacing it at two weeks. So, so how, so for the, 
for people that don't know how sober press is is um set up you know how is it how is it set up and you know what's the process do you take story submissions do, is there a process for that like tell, okay, this, tell everybody how to do it yeah this isn't a casting call Honestly, <laughs> right. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like sit there with a gavel and and actually judge your story and say if it's, <laughs> see if it's worthy or not every fucking story is worthy outstanding you know what i mean yes i uh, will take any story that's awesome um, so it's not like uh, a submission in a very traditional sense it's awesome. a submission in that your story will get out there nice. and i'm happy to have it i'm nice. grateful to have it um so it's one of those things that um i feel like everybody needs to be heard and everybody needs to be given uh equal platform yes and you know i'll say this a lot too um no story is the same everybody mm -hmm. has their own unique way yeah of proceeding with their journey and also uh being able to uh you know recover right into that Amen so there that. there are many different ways to do it and it's you know i i do like a aa uh that has helped me but that's not the end all be all so it's maybe it may not be for everybody right. and i right. feel like that's also something you know to consider you know yeah um yeah. it is in the end a spiritual awakening and i yes. think also um something that you have to accept as uh, a humbling experience. Yes. Because rock bottom is humbling. And I feel <laughs> like, you know, in a way you need to let go of any preconceived sort of, you know, notion of what it should be. Yeah. Allow it to be yours. And I feel like that's, that's where the support should enter yeah yeah and that's that's such i'm so glad that you said that because that truly is a very key part because you know in in the old days i'm old and the, the days that i started first doing this there was this one way of recovery and if that didn't work for you then something's wrong with you and you know that that was one of the reasons that i began to speak out about you know, about my own story and my own path, because I thought I'm not the only one that's going through this. And so that's why I wanted to speak out about it. And then to hear the feedback back that, that this was happening for a lot of people, you know, it was, then it became this mission of create your own recovery path, because this is your, ultimately, this is your awakening. And mm -hmm. this is the process that will eventually you know, at coming up on 10 years for myself, this is my gift. The very thing that I thought was trying to kill me actually became the gift of my entire life because it's awakened me to places within me I never even understood existed or never would look at anyway. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, and all of that. And it is an integration of acceptance of this is your past, this is your path and and here is you know here's the gift that it can be and and you know i know there's a lot of people that aren't in that space yet but if you continuously keep moving and honor yourself 
honor your way and yeah. do, you know, cause you've said something here. That's, that's really important already is you've said AA helps me and I have a therapist and I take medication for this. So oh, yeah. it's a yes. And program, no matter oh, which absolutely. way you look at it, there is not just one, one space. And if there is one space for you, that's amazing too, but let it be a yes. And program, all of it, oh, no matter what. For sure. I've always described it as it's kind of like an octopus, you know, mm. there are all these tentacles. Yes. And, you know, you, have, you kind of have to have them all out there at once, you know, yes. and do a lot of different things. Don't be afraid to try. And I, I feel like community is, is huge to that connection and being able to get the support that you need and the validation that you need. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I am so grateful that that you had that 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 moment of inspiration and and that you are helping stories become so mainstream. And I think that as we were talking about before we came on, <coughs> we were talking about the origins of stigma and we were talking about how important it is for people looking in to be able to get this different idea of what addiction and recovery truly is and these stories really really do that um you know and you know and some people will say well you know they can read a story and say well that's not happening to me or 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 whatever but eventually you know you may read a story that maybe doesn't resonate with you at the time and then six months down the road your niece or nephew all of a sudden starts, you know, going through something like this and this story comes to play. I yeah. mean, stories are so important and they're also important for, for the teller. Those who are oh, telling. people need to be heard. Yes. You know, and I feel like, uh, there, there are some really amazing writers out there that uh, yes. point that out. Uh, Brene Brown. For, yes. For one um, is somebody that i follow quite a bit mm -hmm. and i had no idea what her story was but she was also um in throes of addiction she was an alcoholic yeah yeah and now you know she's a notable speaker she's had documentaries made around her um how she even goes to different you know huge companies around the world and just just to motivate people and yeah. it's 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 built in she found her purpose mm. you know, that's funny because you know purpose is also something that we need to find you know what is that gift so you yes. can get back mm. you know mm. um, yes. picasso actually wrote that you know we're given a gift so we can give it back mm. right yes 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 it's so true and so fulfilling and it, it, it just almost makes you feel like it's like when the needle hits the groove, it's kind of the thing, you know, for those who don't know about vinyl and records, that's what that means. When that needle finds the groove in that space and you find that groove in your life, it makes you feel alive, man. Sure. It makes you feel alive. Yeah, it does. Well, the whole time that we are self-medicating, it's we're, we're, we're searching, seeking to feel numb are seeking to visit death in so many ways, you know, and then all of a sudden you begin to find your purpose and you feel life again. And that's hopeful. Bro. 
and it's yeah, hopeful to hear. Absolutely. It's hopeful to hear. Uh, well, everybody has that. They do, no matter and what you think. Capable. Yes, yes, and we'll and we've said that, and so we'll. we'll there, you know, I think this is a great place to go because pe- we said that everyone has it. And, and I instinctively know that there will be a lot of comments to say, well, I haven't found mine yet or I don't think I have one. You right. kind of stumbled along yours. And, and it sounds like not not this mate aha profound moment. It was almost like you kind of stumbled or stumbled over yours a little bit. You know, it was serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. But being awake to recognize it Mm. that's the key yes you know what i mean because yes i think there is that spiritual awakening that um we miss out on when we're you know high Mm -hmm. and you know i'm number one to that you know there there are probably a lot of experiences that i probably missed out on that were on a bigger and deeper level oh yeah without a doubt without a doubt and the work brings us around to that 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 awakening process oh i can't people are gonna get tired of hearing me say this but i feel like this is why the recovery community is positioned to help humanity in the in the great awakening because we you know this is part of our program you know this is just part of the program to get better and if if you feel like if a person feels like maybe they haven't found their purpose yet, that's very much a huge part of your purpose, just that recovery base, because maybe you're not going to talk to a million people through a podcast or online, or maybe you won't write a book like Brene Brown and become all of this, but you may see somebody at the bus stop and save their life with your story. Mm -hmm. You may submit a story to the sober press and that be the story that someone hears and not to mention we when COVID hit it was almost like i didn't really freak out because it was like i understood this i understand chaos isolation i understand all those things like that was that's all active addiction you know to me like this was stuff that i was going through and all of a sudden i was like oh wait you know i think i can kind of handle this and and I just wanted to give that hope back to people during COVID. It's like, wait a minute, we know this. Like, this is what we know. We can share our gifts, you know, from tragedies to triumphs and help people that have no idea what's going on right now. Because it doesn't matter whether it's a disease or a sickness. It doesn't matter if it's global war or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the human condition that runs the same within all of us. And that's what we're needing. Mm-hmm. And your story really, really brings that home to me, man. And I'm really grateful to to get to hear it personally because, you know, like I I, I love your story. I love your story. I, I love that you're every man. I, I say this about my friend Pamela Toptian all the time. She's she's every woman, you know, she's she's got her story is so impactful because it is it is the story of a lot of people that aren't being heard yeah i think they don't get to stand up and tell their story because it's not as bad or tragic as and i actually feel like there's uh, a catharsis that happens when people feel like they're heard yes a bit of relief that actually comes hell yeah hell yeah Yeah. hell yeah that's why the share is so important 
you know, that whole part of the meeting, you know, the share is hugely important. It is. It is. It really is. And there are people out there that are shy about sharing. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what makes and that in which makes writing your story and sending it in is, is such a great asset for that. If you haven't tried to share for anybody who's out there, try to share within yourself, you know, during all I, those things. Do I think so. And I, I do want to, you know, say this too, when, when you do, uh, if, and when you do decide to submit a story, there's so many options that, you know, I, I have a questionnaire, but at the top of the questionnaire is it says, share what you want. Mm. And you can be anonymous. You don't have Beautiful. to post your picture, your name. You don't need it. You can leave off any detail. That's amazing. So it's like your own story. Um, but, you know, most people just go all out, you know. Once you start, once you start, it, it kind of sometimes just becomes like this open, you know, thing. Like once you start this and you don't know where to start. So in your process, do you have any like prompting questions like when you say you have a questionnaire is yeah. like give us give us what that might look like well it, it is structured uh a mm -hmm. beginning a middle and an end that's great uh, i do want to know what you know because a story i mean mm -hmm. obviously it's like a beginning middle and end and i also like to end with you know things like you know what are you grateful for mm -hmm. you know um so in a way it's like this 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 circle you know that that really leads to resolution mm. by the way um i i honestly don't necessarily want every story to have a re resolution you know no. i i do invite people who are still in the throes of addiction to actually awesome. tell their story Yes. I haven't had that yet, but really? I, yeah, I do encourage that on the website. Um, maybe I don't encourage it enough, but I also feel like there is a guard up with people that are in the throes of addiction. Oh um, yeah. They sure. don't want to feel judged. You know, no. there's this vulnerability vulnerability <laughs> sound her out <laughs> you say worse this year <laughs> but you know what i mean i do you know, being vulnerable yes. is is also like a topic that i think in the end when you when you put yourself out there uh it does give you strength it does well and the, the it also nature. creates a really sharp connection it does. It really, really does. And the nature of addiction is shame. And so much of that goes back to that stigma. Yeah. You know, we all have that within us when it is criminalized in public. We are part of the public. So when we fall into that space, you know, and, and, and we're all afraid of being judged. That's it. That's it. That's really, really what it is. And, you know, I, I, I encourage if there's anyone that's out there that's in the 
you know, in the space of, of active addiction, in the space of, you know, even that whole relapse space, that reoccurrence is the word I like to use. Yeah. My friends, you know, recovery revolution really taught me about that. It's a beautiful word, the reoccurrence of your disease. If you're in those throws, then write that story, share that story. There's probably someone else in that very same space who's just waiting to hear that hope from you. I so think journaling really goes along. Oh, way. yeah. It does. It does. And that's one of the Whether questions. anyone that, sees it or not. True. It's you that can review the past. Yes. Maybe how not yes. to, you know what I mean? Grow from yeah. it. Well, how and, you and grow from it? Yes, absolutely. And then also sometimes it's nice to be able to see how far that you are working and, and what you've worked on and, and how far you've come whenever you go back and look at those things. I think they're amazing. And it does lead me into one of the questions that I like to ask everybody is, you know, how, what helps you like be your best self today? You know, like, like, what are you still, what is still part of your process? You know, as much as you want to share. Well, now I, you know, honestly, I feel like, um, maintenance is every day yeah uh, it's it's pausing to to really sort of recognize things be it gratitude or a moment of growth mm. make a mistake you know how do i not do that again you know own up to it it also has to do with humility i feel like you know being down to earth and being considerate and kind goes a long way um, so, you know, I think really it's just truly being a better person really. Yeah. 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 And those things all help you get there. Gratitude is part of the reason that I'm one of the greatest reasons I'm sitting here today, being able to talk to, to you and, and share this with so many people. It changes your perspective. Your perspective changes your experience. It does. You know? It really, really does. You know, uh, <laughs> that lifestyle and advertising did not serve me mm, mm. grateful that you got the chance to kind of to wake up for that and didn't spend so much of your life you know just being a miserable you know like just running the program yeah. you know grateful that you had i don't want to say the guts but but that you overcame the fear of what's next well it was the community that. that gave me the strength that's beautiful. You know, it's That's I beautiful. can't, I can't take any credit. You know, uh, it was my decision. Okay, I'll I'll own that. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it was the support that I found to elevate me into you know a different place. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Ah, what a great conversation, man! I'm so grateful to to finally meet you i'd say in person but it, you know this is our new normal in person i guess but it's yeah. great to finally meet you i've been seeing i see your post uh, and, thank you know you. and the connection and i and and i'm just grateful that you are here in this community that you're following your passion you're living what is your dream to be a ray of hope in lives and you know where i've got these handles so soberpress.org is where people can submit and find you yeah. okay go to the website and do that also you can follow mike and sober press there on instagram at sober press as well get a lot of daily inspiration there he's amazing 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 so y'all go ahead and hit mike up 
and you know start sharing those stories share about yourself you're so valid you're so important everything that you've been through that you're going through is valid it can always help somebody else no doubt about it i truly doubt about it yeah i do too man Uh, and i'm so so i can't say this enough i'm so grateful that you've shared your story and shared it here today it's such a a blessing to me you know i appreciate your time yeah man this has been awesome it's been truly awesome and everybody else who's here thank you guys so much as well go show like mike some love and those of you that are already here and already love mike just show mike some more love make sure that you go to the website submit your story take a chance tell your story if you've never done it before see how it feels i like what charles says run the experiment you know and if it doesn't help what did you lose you didn't lose a thing, man. You might have blessed somebody else with your story. So make sure you go and do that with Mike. And I told you, if you hung around till the end of this video, that we would have this amazing. And Mike, you can take up on this too. Hypno Breakthrough Hypnotherapy is willing to give the entire Recovery Soul Food audience and um, supporters and Recovery Revolution now as well a free full session of hypnotherapy. Pamela is absolutely walking in her purpose with this. This is something that I do utilize on a daily basis myself. And she's willing to give you the not only the free consultation session, but a full free session. And don't let anything hold you back. Get in touch with Pamela Topgen. She absolutely has amazing resources and can get you hooked up with so many different healing modalities. Get her www.hypnobreakthrough.com mention recovery soul food or recovery revolution and take that offer what you got to lose not a thing run the experiment man i appreciate you so so much next week we have got carrie the life coach from instagram coming to sit down with us and have an amazing conversation and then y'all remember December 31st is a live Q&A session with me as we close out season four, uh, season four, getting ready for season five. It's going to be amazing. I bet you'll see Mike again during season six. So you guys come hang out with me 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, y'all have the most amazing week of your entire life. Why? Because you choose to and you are that powerful. Mike, you're amazing. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you guys. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Everybody has a chance to make a difference and yes. uh, in a very small way or a big it. way. However I love it. You choose. Love it. I love it. I love you. Thanks so much, man. I we'll see y'all next week. Bye. All right.